You're rushing. Do you feel like I was going to push you if I got up here and you weren't done? Get off the stage. Yeah, it's good to see you. Um, I don't know where that... All right. My slides are adjusting all by themselves. Hopefully that's not... Okay. They're all on like a five-second transition. I'm not going to do it that fast. All right. Well, anyway, before those slides get up there, I have uh, we had some people who wanted to place membership with us. We don't really um, we don't call your house and ask for your tithe, um, but uh, we we do like to have your information. And whenever you place membership with us, what you're doing is you're saying, "I will work with you." We want to when people when people say, "Where do you go to church?" We say this place. Um, and what we, we're, we're glad that um, those of you, we have some who are wanting to place membership, I just haven't got their information yet, um, and so more will come in the later dates. But um, Brad and Felicia Cheshire, um, along with Paula and um, Allison Cheshire, are um, over here. They don't, I'm not going to make them stand up. They're just in this general area. It's your job to find them. It's like, yeah, they're with us. We're very glad they're with us. Uh, they are from this area, except Felicia's from Oklahoma somewhere. Uh, it's, a, it's another country. Uh, also, Tammy, um, let me make uh, say her last name. Tammy Gibson is uh, joining us, and she's, she's over here. If you've um, ever gone to the best burger places in the, in the county, then uh, she's probably made one of them. Uh, she's a, she's, a, well, not, you're not a cook there. I'm just rambling on about you. But Tammy Gibson is with us, and she wants to place membership with us as well. A while back, Scotty and Peggy placed membership. That's Scotty and Peggy's sister. Don't clap. Uh, so, uh, not, it's Scotty's sister, but Peggy, she'll probably claim Peggy quicker than she'll claim Scotty. But we love them all. Uh, all right, so thank you for taking care of that, Judy. Um, one of the things that's really confusing about Scripture is how we define words. There's certain words that we just don't understand. Like when I say you're a member of the church, that, that doesn't really even pop up in Scripture, so we've got to define what that means. And so we say, well, it's, you're just with us. You're helping us. Um, a lot of times when people say, well, is there forms I have to fill out to place membership? And I just say, well, just keep coming. And we'd like to know your birthday and your phone number and stuff like that. But other than that, we don't have a whole lot of requirements. We just love that you are following Jesus with us. Um, if you haven't started following Jesus, we'd like you to start following Jesus as you follow Jesus with us. Because um, that's what we're doing. Uh, but for the most part, we just have to define it however we define it. And sometimes that gets us tricked, uh, that, that, that becomes tricky with words like holy. Like what does holy mean? It, that's even complicated more by that we've got this we've got this this Bible that has these sections. We've got this section about creation and there's a flood and there's there's these stories about this family Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Joseph. And then there's then we got an Exodus and they march out and there's there's some weird things that happen with the with the people of Israel as they're slaves and now they're not slaves and they're having to adjust. And then we have these laws talk about what food you can eat and what food you can't eat. So, for example, if you're a Jew, 
person in Israel, an Israelite, you can't eat bacon. Right. In my sermon notes, it says, pause for boo. But there's a, that, you, what? Okay, but you, but you can't, you, you can eat a cow. See, the basic rule was, if it's, if it, it's a land animal and it's a mammal, you, if it, if it had uh, hooves, hooked feet, and chewed cud, then you could eat it. Okay? And also, if, if it's a bird, it can't be a bird where it, it's a scavenger bird. So any bird, but if, if it eats dead animals, then you can't eat it. Um, you can't eat bur- uh, insects that swarm or if they have four legs and fly. But you can't eat a grasshopper. You can, although I think grasshoppers can fly and they're just cheating. <laughs> I've actually been mowing and saw a grasshopper jump using its wings. I thought, cheater. I actually called him a cheater out loud. He's flying. He's not just hopping. But there, we've got, we've got. You can eat this thing, and you can't eat this thing. And then God says at the end of all the the laws, uh, like we've got laws like this. Now this. Oh, I didn't turn it on. I've got it all together. We got like if a carcass. Here's here's a food law. If a carcass falls on any seeds. That, that, that are to be planted, they remain clean. So if you, if you have some seeds and you're going to plant them and you're going to grow some corn, then and a, and a carcass falls on your seeds, you know, as is prone to happen. <laughs> if the carcass falls on your seeds, but you haven't planted them yet, you can go ahead and plant those and they're clean. But if water has already been put on the seed and a carcass falls on it, it is unclean for you. Okay, thanks. If I just got up here and gave a sermon about what to eat and what not to eat, y'all would all walk out of here saying, that, was, that seemed a little not that filling. Because it's just odd that, well, what, 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 make, what, what about water on a seed and then a carcass on, what makes that unclean? But then he goes on, he sums it all up by saying something like this. I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves along the ground. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to, um, to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. All right, wait a second. What in the world does eating cows and not eating pork and eating seeds or food from seeds that uh, had a carcass fall on them but they weren't wet when that happened how does that have anything to do with being holy as God is holy see for for us we we don't understand it now you you think all right Benjamin's going to tell us what this means I have no clue. There's, I can tell you four theories. I can tell you the four theories that are predominant theories on as to why God picked the, the animals that he picked to be clean and the animals he picked to be unclean. But then I can go back and poke holes in every single theory. All of them don't stand up. So in the end, there's, it feels as just there's, there's some reasoning, but it's, 
different here and there. Like, like for example, sometimes some people will say, well, the um, all the animals that are unclean are animals that are worshipped by other people in the area. Well, that's good until you get to Canaan and the predominantly worshipped animal is a cow. Like, it seems like it, it has, well, of course, we're not going to worship pigs, but it just, it seems like there's some odd choices from one law to the next about what you can eat and what you eat makes you holy or unholy. Then he goes on and makes other laws. Leviticus uh, 19, the Lord said to Moses, speak to the entire assembly of Israel. Say to them, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Each of you must respect your mother and father and you must observe my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. And so he, he will give these laws, but he'll start it by saying, I am the Lord your God who is holy. Be holy as I am holy. And then he'll say, respect your mother and father, honor Sabbath. And then he'll have this rhythm, this chorus that'll say, I am the Lord, which means it's just shorthand for I am the Lord your God, be holy because I am holy. And so we, we can understand to a certain extent that there, there are these laws where I, I, I've got to honor my parents and I've got to rest on the Sabbath and I've, I can't, like we said, wear cotton polyester blends. Don't mark up your body. Don't mix your crops. Don't mix your cottons or your fabrics. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this because I am the Lord your God. You need to be holy as I am holy. And I think, well, well hold on. The question I have is if, if cotton polyester blends made people unholy back then, which that some of you who weren't here when we talked about that two weeks ago. That's a law. You can't, you can't wear fab clothing made out of two types of fabric, which most of us are breaking right now. Unless, you know, you're fancy. But there, there, that's a law. And so if, that was, if that's a law, if that's how you were holy then, then why is that not how I'm holy now? And so we'll get, we'll get Christians caught up in this and they'll say, well, I've got to obey the law. I'm not keeping the Sabbath very well. Even if you take a day off on Saturday, you're probably not keeping the Sabbath very well at all anyway. The Sabbath was hard to keep once they put all the laws and traditions that made it to Jesus' time. So why is the thing that made them holy then, like sacrifices and, and staying away from certain activities and staying away from certain... Relationships. He'll, he'll, uh, um, Leviticus 19, he, oh, we'll keep going. Leviticus 20 says, Consecrate yourself and be holy because I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. So, what is, we have a hard time just in our, in our understanding of things, connecting the word holy with not eating lizards. Connecting the word holy with, with making sure that you wash the proper amount of times when your bald head gets a rash. It's in there. They have rules for everything. What you can eat, what you can't eat. Who, who you can marry, who you can't marry. What you can wear and what you can um, 
do and when you can do it and how many. And so you'll break laws and they'll say, well, you can, you can break that law. And if you break it, you're, just, you're, you're unclean until, until um, evening. Well, what if I break this one? Oh, we, we throw rocks at you until you die. Which doesn't take that long, actually. It's such an odd assortment of laws all calling God's people to be holy as he is holy. Now, the way we often define that word doesn't mesh with this call. Because when we say holy, sometimes we act as if, well, that's just completely impossible. You can't be holy. Actually, if I met someone who was holy the way I under, have always understood holy, I don't know if I'd want to be friends with them. I, it would be weird being around them. Sometimes the way we've understood holy, especially nowadays, is, well, you go to church, and then you don't do these certain sins. There's certain sins that you can do, sort of. But then these other sins, like you can't smoke and drink, and you can't swear, and if you're a Christian, you've got to say replacement swear words because those are holy. Stop pretending we're better than other people just because we changed the last letter of a word. That's a side note. Makes us look pretty silly. But we, we say, well, we don't know, I don't swear, and I don't do this, and I don't do that, and therefore, no, that's sort of the holy perspective. I'm a holy person. That's where we've misdefined it. We've misunderstood what it means to be holy because we've transformed it from what God was doing in Leviticus to just how we understand it now. What God was doing in Leviticus was making a Holy people. Holy people. Not just a holy person here and there. He was making a holy people. But even now, as I say that, there's some ambiguity as to what exactly holy means. How exactly what a holy people look like. Oh wait, let's just break it down to its... Uh, Essentials. We're not going to go ancient languages. We're just going to talk about holy. Because the word holy means the same thing across the board. I can't point to the Hebrew, can't point to the Greek, and say, see here, there's some, uh, there's some secret here that unlocks it. We all understand holy the same way. We would say, another word we would say would be pure, right? We kind of use those two together, pure and holy. Okay, back up a second. What does pure mean? It means it's, it's unaffected by outside contaminants. That pure is this is what this thing was supposed to be. Pure gold, that's what gold is supposed to be. Pure water, that's what water was supposed to be from the very get-go, from the very beginning. What made God's people holy when they followed God's laws was not the laws that they followed, but it was the God that made them. 
What made God's people holy is that they declared they were going to be his people and he said, I will be your God. And he laid out these rules and he said, this is how you're going to operate and function as a collection of people, as a nation. And they all said, okay, we'll operate and function like that. And he, and he says, that, that's what makes you holy. It's because I am holy and I'm giving you these, these parameters and you're operating within them. You are a holy people. God's original intent in the garden, just creation, he made everything, set everything in place, filled it, put the, put the, made light and dark, and then he made the, the, the land, the dry, or the, separated the waters, made the sky and the sea, and made the land, the dry land appear, put the sun, moon, and stars in place, and put the fish in the sea, and the birds in the air, and the creatures on the land, and created man, and then he said, you guys are going to be fruitful and multiply, and y'all are going to fill this place and you will be my people and I will be your God and we'll walk in the garden together and this is how it's going to work there will be a holy people a holy creation not because they are just completely I mean they were walking around without clothes on they weren't perfect you know perfect people that they had a perfect God it's only when they ate and started thinking about what they were doing that God said okay well now that now that you have the knowledge of what is good and what is evil, and then you can't be here. God wants his people to be holy. When he says he wants them to be holy, what he means is, I want you to be what I originally wanted you to be. You are not being affected by some outside contaminant, but you are being God. To be a holy people is to be God's people. It's this word holy that gets us, that chokes us up sometimes. Because we think, what we think it means is we just got to be really good. But it wasn't following the laws that made God's people holy. It was the God that gave them that made his people holy. You'll get to the prophets by the time the prophets are writing. He'll say, the prophets will say things like, you disgusting worthless people you're a you're a dumpster fire of a haircut you are just the worst people ever just one insult after the other just you are the worst i can't stand it and then He'll start to say things like, I can't stand it when you come into my courts and offer your sacrifices. I can't stand it when you eat the right sorts of foods or celebrate the right sorts of days. And we start to get the picture that, wait, these people are following the law. But they aren't following their God. To detach law from God, it's automatically unholy. It's not the law that made those people holy, it was the God that gave the law. And he says, you guys have stopped following me. Actually, he says, you've stopped helping the poor and you've stopped helping the aliens. You've started mistreating people who you consider to be less than you. And he says, this return to me and you will be holy. See, all holiness is, is us being what God originally intended us to be. And I would argue 
that what God originally intended was a group of people following him. So therefore, it would be not a big jump to say it's impossible to be, impossible to be a holy person. Just on your own, without anyone else's help, it's impossible to be a holy person because what God intended was not a group of individuals doing their own thing and occasionally being a, coming together and eating or coming together and singing. But God's intention was to have a nation, a group of people who were His holy people. If we want holiness, we must have unity. If we want to be a holy people, if we want to be pure, we can't be an individualized group of people. How's your... How's your personal salvation? That's how we've turned language. That's what we've turned the language of the Bible into. He's my personal Savior. Scripture never uses that word, that phrase, personal Savior. We are not called to be saved as just persons. We are called to be saved as a people. That's why we go to church. That's when we we are not go to church. We are a church. It's because we are a group of people that God is saving through the group of people and through the king who leads us. I think when God says he wants a holy people, what he is saying is I want a group of people united by me. I want a group of people who are united together by me. I'll, I'll show you some proof. Let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the New Testament. Ephesians 2 says, Therefore, remember. This is, he's, he's talking to... Um, this is, Ephesians is actually a very general letter to... It could be to anybody. Um, it looks like it was a chain letter that first started in uh, Ephesus and then made its way around to the churches in Asia Minor. But he's talking about how... What a fantastic thing that Jesus has done for his people. And then he says, Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, circumcision which is done by, in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So there's two groups, some people who were in and some people who were out. And he says now, because of what Jesus has done, the people who were outsiders are now insiders with the insiders. You've been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. And has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose, this is what God wanted to do. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to those who are far away, and peace to those who are near, for through him, 
We both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. You are no longer called something else. You are no longer outsiders, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple. Same word as tabernacle. A holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The problem with American Christianity is that we have turned it into an individual sport. We've made it about, well, I've got to do the right things and I've got to be holy and I've got to, make, I've got to do this and that. But God has always been a God who chases after his people. Collective. Work out your own salvation in fear and trembling, Paul says. But we don't translate that right. Greek, Greek has a plural for you. He's talking about you. It should be work out y'all's own salvation in fear and trembling. It's actually a better translation of the verse. This is, a, this is something we are doing together as a group. It is impossible to go out and live your life and tick all the good boxes and not, not do all the bad things and consider yourself to be holy because God works His holiness through the collective, through the group, through the community, through the church. God works His holiness out in the people, not in the person. And so what you find when you join a community, when you just start, start saying, I'm going to start following Jesus with this group of people, whether it's this group of people or some other group of people, it's you are doing it together and you will find holiness in that place. Sit around, sit around a table with your group of friends and laugh about something. You'll find holiness there. Holiness is not something that you've got to, that you're going to, that you're only going to find in your closet on your knees in prayer. But it's something you're going to find before you leave today after the last amen and you're just grabbing people and talking to them. Holiness is about unity. It's about, he says, y'all have been built together to form a holy temple. Holy people. Hebrews 12, he says, make every effort to live in peace and everyone with everyone and to be holy. These two things, living in peace with everyone and being holy, are not just haphazard lists. Those are two things that go together consistently. Live in peace with each other and be holy. The way we are holy is we are united. This doesn't mean we all think the same way. This doesn't mean we all have the same ideas or understand Scripture the same way or think this thing's best for the church and this other than this thing. This isn't. It's not that. But it's that we love each other enough to let the differences between us not affect the holiness within us. 
that we, we value each other enough to not let the things that might come between us if we weren't led by a holy king. We won't let those things come between us. Doesn't mean we can have any conversation. We can talk about anything. You can tell me anything, and I can tell you anything, and we're working together, unified as a people. See, God gave these laws and set them out so that the people would be this. Everyone followed the. Everyone ate the same thing. Everyone followed the same rules. Everyone had the same. Uh, perspectives on life. Everyone had the same worldview, and they were all doing it because God told them to. That's why they were a holy people. This doesn't mean that we have to follow all the same rules that God put down for them. You can have your bacon and eat it too. Yeah. <laughs> Again, pause for yeah. But we can. We are a holy people because we are united under the one head that is holy. The same way the Israelites were a holy people, we are a holy people because the one who is bringing us together is making us so. And the king that we follow has made us holy. This gives it, for me, this is good news. This means I, I don't have to be a perfect person to be considered a part of God's holy people. It just means that I have to be God's people. That I, I show up and I dedicate myself. If listen, we got these sign, these sign up things about teaching a class. If you've never taught a class and you're scared to death to do it, do it. One, you'll find out it's not that hard. Two, you'll find so much joy in it. Three, you might actually learn something. Guys, which. Robbie, women outweigh the men is never a good sentence to say. <laughs> but guys, step up. Step up. It's not that hard. You'll be glad you did. We need our children to see both our men and our women leading and loving and teaching and enjoying them. The church isn't going to make you holy. Coming to church isn't going to make you holy. And a lot of people who go to church or don't go to church will tell you, well, going to church don't make you holy. The one who formed the church will. The one who said, I want to start a kingdom of everybody. That one will make, Jesus will make you holy. And I think he does it through the, through the church. I'm not the most patient man in the world. But Johnny Mo Bowman might be. I'm not the most prayerful man, but Eddie Bean might be. I'm not the sweetest person, but Stacy Bright might be the sweetest person. And as, when we're a people... I get credit for you. Our holiness combines. Not one person can't look Christ-like, but a church can. 
So here we go. On a journey to be God's holy people, week by week, day by day, activity by activity, service project by service project, interaction by interaction, we are being formed as a group into God's holy temple. God's holy people. Because God is doing it, that we can claim it. If you want to, if you, we've already had a couple jump on board and say, "I want to, I want to join this church," or "I want to," we've had several in the last year say, "I want to join Jesus." But if this is your day where you want, you want to join His holy people, you want to follow the holy King, you want to worship the holy God. Don't. Just worship yourself any longer. It's not worth your time, and you're not that good of a God. Come and join God's holy people, whether uniting with Jesus through baptism or joining his church and saying, you know what, I'm." we say member. I think partner is a better word. We're not going to make those sweeping changes all the time. Those are hard for people. Come partner with us. Join us. Let us put you to work and let God see you as a holy people. If you need anything this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing. I am resolved, oh Lord.